After Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the After Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Uh, the basketball last night, pure quality, like just so good. Yeah, euphoria like HBO. I'm not going to lie. Like every single day for 40 days and 40 nights, I'm just sitting on the couch That's an watching exhibit. the playoffs. That's an exhibit album. You know that? I, I thought that was just the TNT. 40 slogan. nights. Yeah, no, it was great games last night. Okay. I forgot what the first game was now. Oh, yeah, Heat-Knicks. Come on, man. Yeah, that was... Eastern Conference Classic. Yeah. You didn't like Kyle Lowry beating every single member of the New York Knicks to 10 (laughs) offensive rebounds, it felt like, in the fourth quarter? I know it's a bad game, and it's because we watched the Raptors all season when the broadcast just talks about possession battle. Mm. And they were literally clocking the, the Heat possessions. They were like, this possession was 53 seconds. You know, that's enough. Not that I would tell anyone else at this company how to do their jobs, um, okay. because I definitely appreciate, don't appreciate the other uh, inverse of that. But like, can we have the possession battle as a counter? You know, like on the, the oh, the, that's the right. score bug. Like you have obviously right. the, the the score, the time of the game. Yeah. Sometimes you have the number of timeouts remaining. Maybe you're in the bonus. Maybe you're not in the bonus. You want the possession. I battle. want possession battle. So you can tell yourselves that the the Raptors went sixty-two and twenty this year. Yes. Because they I'm pretty sure they won the possession battle. I think, I think we were times. actually the seventy two win bulls of the possession Yo, battle this year. So wild, I'm not kidding. Dude. I think we were that good at the possession battle. So yes, let, uh, let's get on the score bug. Because if the Raptors are losing like sixty mm. to forty five in right. the second quarter, I still want to see that the Raptors are actually secretly up, mm-hmm. you know, twenty five to yeah. twenty. Are you in, fulfilling the are you fulfilling your Raptors content quota? Right now, what's going on? Man? Uh, I'm doing my best, but uh, that's about it. No, we'll get to that. Uh, the NBA is announcing right now they're all defensive teams oh, okay. live as right. we're on air, but we'll get to that. So my, my watch is buzzing with Wolf In the Jets. second segment, no spoilers, please. Okay, fine. I'll um, break. We'll get to Heat Knicks. We'll get to uh, more Boston Will Lou news more. in the second half oh, and man. me mixing up uh, a coworker's name today. So mm. I have to do an on air apology. But first, Lakers last night. 104-101 win over the Warriors. Mm. Take a 3-1 lead. Man. You know, first of all, why are you messaging me first half of the game telling me this wasn't good ball, though? You weren't enjoying the game? Because it wasn't really good ball in the first half, I thought. You're it was down like, with the drama, the no, narratives, just, the defending champs, LeBron showing up to the arena five hours early to get shots up. Okay, the second half of the game, first of all, that didn't Kim really Kim Kardashian impact. courtside. I, I don't I don't watch basketball to see who is courtside. I, and with all due respect, like you when really they don't. when do they you do the celebrity the definition row, on your TV so you don't see courtside. No, like when when they show the celebrity rows, like he, here are the celebrities at the game. I'm like I'm not here to see the celebrities. I'm You've here given at a Jesse game. Ray as uh, several standing ovations. That's at different. That's different. She's the goat. Bah. No, but we're like, snitching today. No, but um, yeah, it's just. <laughs> That, that's not as interesting yeah, to me. Giving that all right? to Jesse Reyes is wild. <laughs> Come on, man. Respect, a, a, I think, a Brampton legend. Yeah, but, shows, um, shows to Brampton. No, I, I just thought in the first half, it mm. was really strange watching the game. It had a really, like, um, chaotic element to it. The Lakers really couldn't make threes. Uh, I also thought both teams are playing players on the rotation that I just didn't think needed to be on the floor. Like, Jermichael Green, you know, with all due respect to what he did in game two, I didn't even think it was that impressive. Um, but I just didn't see a purpose for him to be out there. I mean, it was a lot of, like, Jordan Poole. It was a lot of Dante DiVincenzo. Even uh, Moses Moody, who ended up playing pretty well, um, you know, in the second half, wasn't really doing much in the first half. On the Lakers side, it was just a lot of guys coming in and out. Anytime you see Wenyan Gabriel, I'm like, is this a regular season game? Yeah, what's, what's, the, what's the need? For me, dog? What's the need for Wenyan Gabriel to be in the, in the playoff series? To remind everyone that you upset Chris Boucher once. You're right. He did yeah. body Chris. But, like... It, this whole thing, like the first half, I was just like, all right, the game itself is super important, but I, I'm going to need to see more. And in the second half, I thought that's where it took over. 
I thought you you saw a lot more. Obviously, um, Steph was at the focus of this entire game. That was the whole big adjustment from Steve Kerr was we're going to finally run uh, Steph Curry pick and rolls. You know, they really yeah, they waited, waited. They waited till the desperate moment. They're they like, went on overdrive on that. No shouts to the other network uh-huh. um, in the first half with, with the Steph pick and roll. And I, yeah. I really thought just watching the game and the flow of the game, I thought the Warriors were going to run away with this game. It just seemed like they were in control and seemed like the Lakers were like, a step behind and didn't really have any answers on on defense. Well, there was a stretch in the third quarter where the Lakers were where the Lakers fell down like ten, and the Warriors mm-hmm. are hitting shots, and you're like, oh, here we go, the third quarter Warriors, like it was going to happen. And I thought that's where you know for the Lakers, like that's where you got to salute their depth. Like guys just stepped up and made a couple of shots. I wasn't like, really familiar with your game. No, like that's the whole Lakers season right now. It's just like you know Austin Reeves is coming up with a twenty point game, and obviously Lonnie Walker the fourth was just had like an outer body experience last night it took yeah. over the game we'll and, get to that big you know, uh big uh water cooler talk at the clutch offices today I'm oh, sure absolutely, the Lonnie Walker man. the fourth game oh, um man. you know what who else was contributing like Rui Hachimura not not so much last night but he's had times where he's been able mm-hmm. to step up like that's that's the Lakers now like they it's not necessarily always LeBron and AD taking over I didn't think AD did much offensively in the second half just like very similar to game one I thought he gassed out a little bit um and I, I think even for LeBron, like, yes, he had moments where he was able to score in the fourth quarter. He had a couple of buckets. But to me, like, it, it's it's been about the Lakers' depth um, this whole time. And I think that we've made fun of Rob Palinka so much over the years. You know, I, is it because he's a Rob Lowe clone? I'm not really sure. But, like, people just make fun of Rob, Rob Palinka. Obviously, the Westbrook trade was a disaster. But the way he's pivoted out of that into this roster that they have now where they have this really, really good depth that they're able to use even in a playoff setting. Like, you kind of have to hand it to him. Like, he, he really did do a great job with this roster. I'm forgetting D'Angelo Russell, obviously, who's also had huge moments in this series. So Yeah, D'Lo struggled to, yesterday. Really struggled fans. yesterday. But like you mentioned, um, you know. Other like, guys can step up. Though. Of course. Austin yeah. Reeves at 21. You know, I mean, Lonnie Walker, the 15 points in the fourth quarter. That was ridiculous, man. Do you know players since, Lakers players since 1997. Mm-hmm. to have 15-plus point fourth quarters in the playoffs. The list is LeBron, names are. Kobe, Shaq, Pau Gasol, and Lonnie Walker the fourth. Oh. That's an esteemed list. That is that is pretty <laughs> incredible. Yeah, that, that I, wasn't, is, I wasn't familiar with your game. And man. here's Shouts the thing with the Lonnie Walker thing. It's like, okay, it's, it's one thing if, like, guys were constantly leaving it open and, like, you know, uh, he was stepping into shots or maybe he got, like, he was lucky and he got, like, three or four runouts. Like, the, the ball just sort of happened to flow his way and he's soaring. Like, no, he's actually generating a lot of these baskets one-on-one by himself, pull-up mid-range jumpers, pretty heavily contested by Steph. And, and that was the the Lakers, their adjustment was like, okay, you want to play Steph Curry pick and rolls nonstop? We'll go to the LeBron of Cleveland days. Like, we'll we'll play that version of mismatch hunting. We're going to hunt Steph Curry in, in the switch as if there was – like, that was the strategy that LeBron played in 2015 when it was Cavs versus Warriors. So he was doing that same thing, and obviously, you know, that involves bringing Steph's man into the screen. And so that's why Lonnie Walker was involved so much offensively because that was who Steph was guarding. But Lonnie was still, like, having to make all sorts of tough shots, and it just kind of came out of nowhere, I felt like. Like – no, it was. I, that's the last th- person you would have expected, really. Uh, that was like an all-time, just like random role player. Yeah, performance. Like, like you really don't see that. And you talk about the supporting cast. It's like after Opelika made all the trade deadline moves and then brought in D'Angelo Russell, brought in Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. I'm trying to think of who else. Um, 
Uh, Mo Bamba, who's yeah, who has who, who doesn't Mo even Bamba, dress to the game who's anymore. Mr. Courtside seats. <laughs> He's man. They, they get they honestly they gave Mo Bamba like a lifeline. They took him out of Orlando and they gave him Lakers courtside tickets. <laughs> yeah, what's the difference between Mo Bamba and Denzel Washington at these games, man? Wow. Um, one of them gets a media meal. Um, but it's yeah. like he brought in all these guys and and like Lonnie Walker was a signing last off season that everybody clowned on, right? Like the Lakers are gonna go make moves and here's their. You sure, know, big sure. move. One of the additions was going to be Lonnie Walker. And he started the season in the starting lineup, fell out of the rotation. And, you know, he a couple DMPs here in the series too. Like just, yeah, I don't know, man. This just came out of nowhere. And they needed it. Yeah, they, they really needed, needed it. Because like you mentioned, like AD, you know, uh, working theory, he might be a 2001 Honda Civic. You know, he's good for like 30 minutes on the highway. <laughs> And then he just runs yeah. out of gas. That's not a bad. That's not a bad um, theory. That's that's actually that's just Joel Embiid actually. Because I didn't see anything from AD really in in the fourth quarter. Yeah, of course. Right? And part of that it has to do with Draymond guarding him. But I also sure. thought that like yeah, he just looked so much more tired, which might have been a, a product of the Warriors strategy. So again, like we touched on him, like mm -hmm. that was the main strategy that Steve Kerr was sort of talking about, right? Obviously, there, there was that starting lineup change that uh, you know um, you had Gary Payton. Right. going into the starting group and so they were playing small and what they were doing is they were putting Gary Payton in the pick and roll because he was getting guarded by AD and of course the idea was the only way the Lakers the 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 Warriors were going to get AD out of the lane and open up the paint was to sort of put him in pick and rolls with Steph so that you know obviously he has to show and come up high and, and provide some help on that front and um that worked pretty well because they were constantly able to get the pass out to Gary Payton, who was able to make a lot of plays. Um, I'm not really sure why he wasn't featured so much at the end of the game, to be honest, from from the uh, the Warriors' perspective. But ultimately, that was a pretty good adjustment from Steve Kerr that felt like the only way they were able to generate offense. Um, and I thought that just involving AD in all those pick and rolls did take a lot of the, the steam out of his legs. Like, that's one of the ways the Warriors can also really attack you is is on the attrition battle. Whoever is guarding Steph, obviously, you're going to have to run around a ton. Luckily, the Lakers have pretty much, you know, they have, they have an abundance of depth where they're able to use different guys. So it's not like one guy's getting burnt out too much, but um, there's that aspect. And of course, like, yeah, it's just a big guy like AD, he's going to gas out. So I thought that's what, essentially what happened, but he still obviously had enough energy at the very end where he made that double stop on, uh, on Steph. Oh yeah. No, that was, that, that was, uh, no, that was amazing when he switched on to Steph mm -hmm. and even them breaking up that, that final play coming out of the timeout um, when Draymond got the turnover. When yes. They ran, when they ran the hammer play. By the way, that's the exact Named same after Darvin Ham. That what, which is an incredible tidbit. Yeah, by I the didn't way. know that because yeah. it, it's not even like Darvin Ham was a shooter. Like it was Darvin mm -hmm. Ham was the passer. He was the one who would make that hammer pass mm -hmm. along the baseline where there's usually one screen off ball to to get the guy yeah. open in the corner. But that was LeBron's IQ at work again. Too, LeBron right? saw all of that. Literally indicated two switches as that play happened to blow it up. And by the way, that is the exact same play that the Raptors are trying to run at the end of Game 7 against the, the Celtics in 2020 in the bubble series. Um, Fred was trying to run that hammer action, and, and the Celtics blew that up also by switching a ton, also by recognizing what play was coming up, and ultimately that's what led to, you know, one of many awkward heaves at the end of the buzzer for Fred VanVleet, who always seems to end up being the guy having to take that shot. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just... Look, the hammer pass is a, is a good action, I think, over the course of a game. At the end of the game, though, like... It just feels like you have to have a plan B, and I feel like with the hammer action, you usually have a guy who's not really intending to score, like driving hard baseline, with and probably with a lot of speed, probably heading out of bounds just because you want to be able to create that angle to pass uh, along the baseline. And if that play gets blown up at any point, you just have no counters. 
It's not like Draymond could have stopped and then like reset or anything like that. He's going full speed because he's expecting that play to be executed. Draymond also only goes full speed when he's going to the basket. On yeah. Well, that's the thing with the Warriors, right? Like they 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 tilt so much on the edge of like chaos, mm-hmm. and they need to create like control the chaos. But we've seen multiple times in this, even just in this playoff series on, or, uh, run alone, that they've had errors. Like you, you saw Steph make that error at the end there with the jump ball and it passed it out of bounds of nowhere. You yeah. saw last round he called that timeout even when they didn't have one, the Chris Webber moment. That nearly cost them a game. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, we've so. seen a lot of that. I think it's interesting. You talk about the adjustments that the Warriors have made in this series. Like even yesterday, like you mentioned, starting Gary Payton and even in game two, bringing in Jermichael Green. And like some of the, uh, these adjustments have brought them like pretty good results. Mm. But then it's like, you know, when you, like you mentioned, when the Warriors play in that chaos and they're playing really well, the shots are falling, the ball is spraying, like it looks incredible, right? Like sure. they, look, they look unbeatable. But then there's nights like last night when, you know, they're turning the ball over and they're not really executing where they just look like a very sloppy team. Mm-hmm. And I thought they looked really sloppy there, you know, down the stretch. Like, you know, there was just two like Clay Thompson hero balls. Um, that he oh, took from beyond the arc. No need for those. And, and he finished three of eleven from the field with nine points in forty-one minutes. You mentioned just like that, Steph. You know, AD. Um, I think there was two two of those possessions, um, or it was on the same possession. The Draymond turnover that you mentioned, Steph turning the ball over at the end. Like mm-hmm. any of those possessions, flip, and we're going back to two. Oh yeah, and that's exactly where the series was headed. Like I thought, Steve Kerr made the adjustments. I thought his team responded to that. Other guys didn't really execute, as you mentioned. Like I, I think. I mean, Jordan Poole has just been so nasty. We'll yeah, talk we'll about to, that. We'll get to Jordan Poole, yeah. Uh, but, like, even Clay wasn't really performing. Steph wasn't hitting threes. And I thought, you know, as the game went on, the Lakers sort of trying to figure out, okay, how do we sort of manage this pick-and-roll situation? Eventually, they kind of, you know, uh, switched a little bit more instead of having two guys come to the ball. Like, it was like, okay, if you want to screen and bring AD up, AD will stay and guard Steph one-on-one for a while. Or, like, you saw multiple possessions in the fourth quarter where LeBron switched out to, to Steph. And I think that's not a... Too big of a surprise from the Lakers because I think, you know, just like any team and especially veteran teams, like they understand how to pace themselves. So over the course of three quarters, like, yes, you're going to get burned with one coverage. But in the fourth quarter, when you really have that extra bit of energy to like, you know, go all out, then you'll see LeBron actually do that extra bit of work to like stay in front of Steph. And I thought LeBron got multiple stops on Steph, including a block. Um, I thought obviously AD had those huge uh, stops too. And I think that's one of those things too. It's like, okay, if you are going to switch out and put a bigger guy then Steph needs to actually beat that guy, whether that's off the dribble, whether that's, you know, on the pull-up threes. And I think Steph obviously has the capability of doing that. But at the same time, you have to think about attrition from the other perspective. If Steph has run 45 pick and rolls, like in the fourth quarter, does he still have the legs to get around someone way bigger than him, someone who can really block him like AD or even like LeBron at this point? In his career, he's still able to do that. He still has the size advantage, the quick quickness advantage. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought the Lakers played it really smart. Of course, none of this happens without Lonnie Walker, like, carrying their offense. But, like, the the, the Warriors were, were leading by, I think, seven points heading into the fourth quarter and then lost 27 to 17 in the fourth. It was ultimately their offense that dried up. Like, Lonnie could have done all that he did, and the Warriors still could have won this game if it wasn't for the Lakers' defense stepping up and also for the, the, the Warriors just making really shocking decisions down the stretch. Yeah, this was an amazing stat that got passed around, too. Steph mm. is now... 0 of 12 on field goal attempts to take the lead in the final 40 seconds, 45 seconds of a playoff game. Interesting. I was actually blown away seeing that stat. Um, no, I mean, I, I guess you're right. Like, there's not like that one, like, I don't know, game winning kind of moment that you're really thinking about, like, with Steph. Like, obviously, he's 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 hit those over the course of his career. There's not, I'm not saying that. I just mean, like, in, in these, like, super prominent playoff moments. I'm thinking about 
the three that he hit against AD against the Pelicans way back when. I think that was like 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can't really I think because the other ones are like regular season. You know, the OKC. most famous one against OKC, right? And all these other ones. No, it's just um, that's not really jumped out at me. Um, no, that's fair. Yeah, I thought LeBron too. You know, it did feel like, like you mentioned in the second half, like he was, you know, matchup hunting, trying to post up on Steph. Mm. And it really felt like, because, I mean, the running storyline during these playoffs is like LeBron's been trying to pace himself, like at his age with the injury and stuff. And I think could really tell, like, in that third quarter um, and for the entire second half, like, he really felt like they could take the series here, right? Like, yes. like go up 3-1. Yep. And that's home. when he, It's prime opportunity. But it was also interesting, too. Like, there was a lot of possessions where it's just like LeBron just didn't have that lift, couldn't finish sure. around the yeah. basket. And, you know, I thought he, he still played an overall great game, right? Like, you look at the box score all the time. And last night it was 27-9-6, and six, um, but still only, like, 2 of 9 from 3. Um, so I, no, I, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting, uh, moving forward. Like both him and AD played 43 minutes each. Yeah. Um, you know, they're obviously in a good position, uh, up three, one here. Um, the other guy that we have to talk about, like you mentioned is, uh, Jordan Poole, who only played 10 minutes was all four from the field, didn't score. And, you know, Moses Moody got, got more of the minutes. I think there's one point in the third quarter where Steve Kerr just called a timeout and just lifted him from the game. Yep. After he he checked in, I think, for a couple of possessions. No, hold on. He checked. Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned, he checked in for a couple of possessions. This is after just a disastrous first half. Like, it's not just like Jordan Poole is missing wide open shots and it's like, okay, whatever, right? No, he looks like a clown when he misses some of these shots. Like, it's it's horrendous. His first shot of the game, he's like parallel to the ground. He's trying to shoot a, a floating banker. And, like, trying to get the foul call, it doesn't work out. The next time he comes down, he, like, dribbles straight into a crowd and gets a turnover. Like, we're talking about, like, your season is on the line. And he's coming in and doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not even, like, like I get it. Like, all the Warriors have some element of sloppiness. Obviously, Steve Kerr's system, there's a lot of passing, a lot of movement. You know, like, that, that does lend itself to more turnovers when you pass that much. For Jordan Poole, though, he just, like, just makes bad decisions. Like, you don't really know what his game plan is other than to come in and try to make highlights nonstop. He's not a smart player. Like, he looks like he's, he's in a, a dunk contest, player. but with jumpers. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't understand what he's doing. It's actually one of the more frustrating players that I can really even see. Obviously, I, I root for the Raptors, so this is not, this really doesn't mean anything to me. But, like, the sport of basketball feels violated based on the way <laughs> these guy, decisions are made, yeah, man. This guy's That's just not how the game is I don't played. understand it, bro. That's not how the game is played. This guy's upset for James no, I sound, Smith. I, I sound like Avon in, in, in the East versus West Baltimore game. Like, I'm talking to the referee. Like, that's not how the game is played. It really isn't the way you watch Jordan Poole. It's yeah. just not. I think, too, sometimes when you watch uh, when you watch Steph, like, like, you know, the shots that Steph takes and stuff, right, and his ability to, to, to make these ridiculous shots. Mm. And I think, you know, playing with Steph and playing in this Golden State system – and, you know, playing alongside the Splash Brothers, you know, that stuff can permeate. And we've seen Jordan Poole put up, like, big performances, not Abs- in these playoffs, absolutely, right? Absolutely, But it's like sometimes I think about it, too. It's like, you know, with Clay sometimes shooting them out of games, with Jordan Poole shooting them out of games, like, those are, like, you just can't, like you mentioned, you just can't have those in, in a game four where you're 2-1. Mm-hmm. Like, your coach can't even trust you to play more than 10 minutes. And it's not like they have a very, like, deep rotation right now. No, no, that's the thing. To play with, right? Steve's, like, Steve, like you mentioned, like, playing guys like Jermichael Green, like, he's been searching, mm-hmm. I think, through these two rounds of the playoffs. And I thought Moses Moody gave them, like, decent enough minutes oh, yeah. to the point where he did earn the rotation spot, you know, ahead of Jordan Poole. And apparently after the game, too, this was reported by uh, Kareth Burke, who was covering the Warriors, that, you know, they went into the locker room to speak to Jordan Poole. Mm. And nobody got video footage of it. But Poole answered questions with his back to the reporters. 
facing his locker. Okay. <laughs> and apparently, it was a tension-filled room. I mean, it's pretty and, tense. When, and he when talked about that. that it wasn't, you know, he's going to keep putting the work in. And he also mentioned again that sometimes it's just about getting more opportunity. So we've had this. So that sounds like he's he's blaming the coach now. Of course. And like you, you think about this. Remember we talked about the story of Steph Curry gathering the team before game seven against Sacramento mm-hmm. and really telling the young guys, including Jordan Poole, to kind of put those, you know, kind of selfish interests aside yep, yep. and let's just go win this game. You know, to me, that's that, that's the biggest concern. Like going forward, you're looking at them trying to win three straight now. It's like how together is this team? And also how many guys can you really depend on? They don't really have a long list of guys right now, right? Yeah. So I think it's going to be tough. For By them. the way, if you haven't seen the Cameron clip of Jordan Poole, we can't <laughs> play on this show. It's just not like we, we, we honestly, Derek would have to bleep like every third word. Yeah, I think I would but just, you, you got to see the, you got to see the conversation. Just watch. Yeah. Just watch the Cameron and Mace uh, show <laughs> shows to my guys. Yeah. Those was, are really your guys. I was thinking too, yeah. like, uh, Jordan Poole signed a four-year, $128 million extension mm-hmm. that's going to kick in starting next year. He's going to be making 35... This is the Pocket Watcher segment. Um, he's going to be making $35 million in 2027. Yeah. And I wanted to go through with you the uh, all-bad contract team of these playoffs. Of just these playoffs? Just the 16 clear, teams. This is not like of the entire league. We could no. do a different list for that. Yeah, we could get, just Bradley, in the playoffs. We could okay. get Bradley Beal on this, so y'all better pray the Wizards don't make the play in next uh, year. Come on, man. Don't, don't slander Eastern Conference Dame a little like this. Oh, God. Come Far on, East Dame. Um, so Jordan Poole. Cherry so, Blossom so, Dame Lillard. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, okay, nope. so my Go starting five, okay? Jordan Poole. Okay, like I mentioned, four yeah. years, 128 million. Uh, Dominic next year, by the way. Yeah, kicks in next year. Domin Ayton, uh, DeAndre Ayton, yep. who's in the first year of a four-year, 133 million dollar uh, offer sheet that he signed with the Pacers. Yeah, that which the Suns matched. That's the funniest thing too. It's like he's like, I wanted to leave. The Suns were like, we kind of want you to leave, but we also have no one to replace you with. Yeah. Fine, we will match your offer. Right, and, and then, remember then he came. Remember he came in the training camp, and he was like, "They're like, yo, how's your off season been?" He's like, "Yeah, I haven't talked to Monty Williams a single time." And it's like, why are you divulging this information? No, it's it's so funny because at that time it's like, okay, well, come on, things could happen. Like people can mend fences, right. and then you fast forward like six months, and Jock Landale is closing the game. He's really getting beat by a sportsman right now, man. Uh, um, just no, generic, just just, generic just a sports person. Yep. Uh, I got cat. In there, mm. five years, hundred and fifty-eight million. But the good thing is, it expires after next season. So he's a thirty-six million dollars. By the way, so, you know someone's going to sign him to the max slash the super max. You think he's getting another max? A hundred percent. You he's really getting another max. think he's getting another max? Okay, come on, man. I think the conversation with Carl Towns is going too far. Of course, he's getting the max. I mean, I don't think he's going to be like a mid-level player, but like maybe something slightly below the max. No, man, he's getting the max. All That's, right, man. There's no. Cat- Y'all better pray Cat and Trey Young don't team up in Atlanta, man. That does sound like something that, that could happen. That sounds like something that might happen. Yeah. Um, I've also got his teammate Rudy Gobert, who's uh, on a five-year, $205 million <laughs> oh, contract. Oh, um, brother, that's his, tough. his contract runs through 2026 when he has a player option for $46 million. I mean, he'll still be seven foot two at that point, so <laughs> he'll be all right. Um, that's all he's good for anyway. And then rounding out my starting lineup... Uh, I got the Ben Simmons in there. Technically, you're right, because the, the Nets did make the I playoffs. almost forgot about him. Uh, well, four, we almost forgot about the Nets, who were in the playoffs for four games. That's right. Four years, $177 yeah. million. We'll be making $40 million in 2025. 
You can't even trade that right so now. So what happened with the Ben Simmons thing? Didn't, didn't the, the Sixers like try to sue him or something? Yeah, the or, like, Sixers. Or try to withhold salary. Yeah, because he, had held, out. he had held out and they had held his salary. And then I think through Clutch Sports, they had gone through, you know, legal channels and he got all his money back, I'm pretty sure. That's that's incredible, man. Yeah. You know what? We don't have, have to move him off the list. Actually. I respect some, someone who gets those, paid to not work. Those are some <laughs> very good lawyers. I have to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then off the bench, my sixth man, I got I got Julius Randle. Mm, the Julius. Yeah. The four, Julius. four years, 117. By the way, you saw he had his first 50% shooting game yesterday? Yes, first time ever. I was like, oh, yo, I was watching it, and it wasn't even like Julius Randle was dominating. We'll talk about this game in the mm -hmm. second half. But I was looking at it, and I was like, wow, he's got 20 points right now. He's actually making, like, okay decisions. Like, he's playing, like, at a C level, and I'm like, the Knicks cannot waste this. Like, you will not get this again. Like, please, 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 please capitalize on this and make the series 2-2, but they didn't. My thing with these guys, too, is that I think Randle's adequately paid yeah, during course. the 82-game uh, schedule. Yeah. But it's just that... Oh, absolutely. He is not worth this if if he's one of your top guys in the playoffs. No, it's just he's it's just not worth it if he's going to drop off to this degree in the playoffs. That's right. it, it's really shocking the way he's mm -hmm. he's done it. And I think that this is like a lesson for a lot like the, the commonality I think with a lot of these guys. First off, I just think that like okay, paying centers the max unless they're like Embiid and Jokic mm -hmm. just doesn't seem like a great idea. Like if you're telling me you can make a good run with or or AD by the way, I should include AD in that scenario. But it's like if you, you're telling me you can make a good run with like Kaban Looney making seven million dollars, I would absolutely take that over paying Cat or um, Gobert, provided mm -hmm. that or Aiden, provided that you can you know yeah, find enough. Y'all better pray the Wizards don't sign Christian Wood to the max this summer. Oh, that, again, that sounds <laughs> again, very much like that. I man. feel like these things are actually going to happen. <laughs> oh God, the NBA economy is just—it's unbelievable. Y'all better, better hope Dylan Brooks doesn't get a five-year deal from these, the Mavs this summer. These contracts are like <laughs> NFTs, man. I don't know how these are valued. We gotta do a free agency prediction show in the offseason. I, I think the other thing too is like I, I need players who ultimately like play defense and make sound decisions. Like that's where to me it's like. Jordan Poole, like, because mm -hmm. the reason his his game plummets so low is, is if he doesn't hit some of these shots, if he's not making some of these wild decisions and they're actually going in, like, that's all he has. Like, there's not like he's defending. He's, he can set up guys, but it's mostly dependent on his scoring. So he's not really setting up guys either. Like, you can't play him, period. And the floor falls out, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm paying him the max, and I can't even play him, right? Um, or, or, you know, Julius Randle is the same kind of deal, right? Defensively, I think he could probably be a lot better than he is, but he doesn't really focus on that end. He also has, it just seems like a terrible attitude where he disconnects anytime that's not about him. Yeah, entitled millennial alert. I, yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah, I don't know what, <laughs> why where that even came from from you, but this like, from it's Orn the same Lightsville. thing. That's and then theory. also he's not really like that reliable offensively. I, I think he he definitely defenses or offense is the thing he does better as compared to defense, for example. Thanks, Magic. But like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I still you, don't want to live and die off of this that. stuff. So. You should tweet Jordan Poole is more effective on offense uh, than defense. Um, honorable mention, can I get a seventh man on this team? Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. Ev Evan Fournier. Yeah, I forgot about Four Evan years, Fournier, 73 million. He's making 18 million next year. And then How the Knicks, is he making 18? And what? then the Knicks have a club option, uh, that which they will, that, which I believe they've already declined. <laughs> can you pre-decline? Can you hold a press conference and be like, we're two years out? But just to let the fans know. Yeah, just like prepare we, for the divorce. We, we yeah. will, oh, God. That's tough. <laughs> we will be declined. Um, so Warriors down 3-1. Mm -hmm. 
So here are all the 3-1 comebacks since 2000. Wow, this guy did some research. All right, let's go. We're reaching. Um, 2003 Pistons. Do you remember this one? The Orlando Magic yep. with T-Mac. I remember. Jumped out to, to a 3-1 lead. I remember and- this because last year, we, t- we what's his name? Doc Rivers kept talking about it, and he's like, well, come on. I've blown 3-1 leads, but look <laughs> at the players I had. I was blowing 3-1 leads with Pat Garrity. You know what? <laughs> Doc be throwing his old teams under the bus. Even this year, I remember coming to the playoffs. He was uh, like, yeah, those Clippers teams were never going to win because we hated each other. I was like, I was like, is that anyone's business? Like, what really? is he going to say about the Sixers in like five years, man? Oh, man. I was talking trash about uh, JJ Redick on a podcast. <laughs> Seriously. Like, come on, man. Just Actually, the funniest go. thing is JJ huddled up with Jamal Crawford and they went back at Doc Rivers oh, on really? old man in the three. Well, this is what happens when you beef with player podcasts, man. Anyway, they might come back at you. T-Mac famously uh, said after they went up 3-1 that it's nice to finally get out of the first round. Why would he say and that? And then the Pistons came back. By the way, it, why why did T Mac struggle so much getting out the first round? Like obviously quality player wise, like he he was good enough to. He didn't have a lot of help on those teams, man. Like if you look up those Orlando rosters, okay. I mean he teamed up with Yao in in, in Houston. Yeah, and, and there was injuries. I get that. And the West was really tough back then. Like sure. you were running up yeah. against Dallas back then. Yeah, you know Sacramento, Phoenix, all those teams. But like the one year that they made it through too, like Yao was hurt, T Mac was hurt. Remember when they went up against the Lakers? Yeah, it was like Aaron Brooks. Books, man. You better learn Chinese. I, he actually went I, out I'm there. pretty sure he has learned Chinese. <laughs> at this point, I, I know how he, I, he definitely knows how to read a menu at this point. Oh, at the man. Minimum, man. 2006 Suns. This was in last week's draft with James Herbert. Lakers went up 3 1. Yep. Tim Thomas hit the game six dagger. Suns win a blow in game seven. Mm. This is also the, the series where Kobe just absolutely destroyed Steve Nash on that dunk. Oh, yeah. That was a, uh, that was a but charge. Yeah, but number eight, if, if they Kobe reviewed lost. it today, they would be a charge. Um, 2015 Rockets. This was when the Clippers went up 3-1. James mm. Harden got benched in game six when they were trailing. Mm. But Josh Smith and Corey Brewer hit a bunch of threes. Yep. And they ended up winning in seven. And you mm. know these next two. The Warriors coming back from 3-1 against OKC. That was fire. And then the next round, the Cavs coming back from 3-1. <laughs> that was even more fire. Against the Warriors. Oh, what, a, what a year. 2016 and was such a great year, by the way. Man. It was a great year. came out. It was a great year. Um, 2020, I forgot about this. Again, I just I, did, I just don't think of the bubble. Uh, Nuggets made back-to-back 3-1 comebacks yep. against Utah and then the Clippers as well. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard's Clippers in their first year. Yeah, turns out Marcus Morris could not guard Nikola Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're telling me Marcus Morris was not him? <laughs> He's not him, man. Yeah, so... Jokic beat Marcus and Marquise <laughs> in different fashions. How do you like... How do you like the Warriors' chances here? I, I, I don't really like it that much. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think I might have to flip my prediction mid-series. I think the Lakers have more depth that they can rely on. I think that's the biggest thing to me, watching these other teams in the playoffs. Like, you know, the Knicks, for example. I, 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 the Knicks have, like, six guys at most that they can rely on right now. And over the course of a game, you're just not going to get enough out of those guys because one of those guys is Julius Randle. Um, you look at the Miami Heat, they have lots of guys that they can rely on. It's still in the playoffs, right? Phoenix Suns, they only have like two guys that they can rely on, but at least those two guys are amazing and very consistently giving you 40. Uh, but the Nuggets have a lot of guys that they can rely on. You know, like you you look at, uh, you know, that's that's the pattern that you're going through this playoffs. Like I, I still think that both, both the Sixers and the Celtics have a lot of guys that can rely on. That's part of why that series has been so good. The, the Warriors, I just, I don't know. Aside from Steph being brilliant, and Steph has to obviously be brilliant in some way. Yesterday, it was going to the rim. He was great, and also his assist. I mean, that wraparound pass that he made, oof, that would have been one of the nicest assists of Steph's entire career. Um, I'm happy DiVincenzo gave him that reverse layup to, to give him the assist, too. Oh, that wasn't an easy finish. That was a nasty play, man. But, um, but yeah, like, aside from Steph, like, I, I can't, you can't guarantee me that anyone's going to play well. Like, you could tell me that, like, Clay might have a good game, and he might really break out. 
I believe you, right? You you could tell me that Jordan Poole, you know, doesn't come in here and just throw his arms up and does like, you know, the wacky, wavy, inflatable tube man impersonation that he's been doing. By the way, Jordan Poole can give you more on offense than on than on defense. <laughs> no, actually, he <laughs> can't right said. now. He actually can't right now. That's the sad part. Um, no, I get it, man. Steph is really the only just, guy that I don't can, know. Steph really is the only guy from game to game. Yeah. That, that, so that you can I, I, I just think now. the Lakers look like a better team, period. Especially because LeBron seems more intent to, like, access the next level. Like, the fact that he went mismatch hunting, mm-hmm. the fact that he actually took on Steph defensively one-on-one, like, in the fourth quarter, I, I mean, that's the, that's the level I need to see still existed from LeBron, and I saw that last night in the fourth quarter, so... Yeah, I mean, I think the Warriors win game five, but I, I do think that they fold in six or seven. Yeah, and I keep waiting for that one game where everything kind of just comes together for LeBron, and maybe it's just not there right now. Like, yeah. in terms of the three falling, in terms of, like, finishing at the basket with the defense and everything, but I feel like if it gets to a game six at home, like, yeah. that's going to be an all-out but game. But their floor but like, is high, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're, LeBron's always going to have a size advantage and, and be able to attack in the post. Like, I don't think Wiggins, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, Clay, either of those two guys have guarded him well. Obviously, none of the guards are really going to be able to contain LeBron. I think AD is consistently going to give them a great baseline on defense. And then they just have lots of guys so they can cycle through. It's like, okay, if Austin Reeves is not having it today, maybe Dennis Schroeder does. Maybe Lonnie Walker does. You know, or maybe Rui Hachimura does. Like, you know, like it's just that's – or maybe D'Angelo Russell has it. Like, yeah. they have more depth to their team, and that, that's what makes them better. And I'm with you. I, I think you fear the Warriors just off reputation right now. Yeah. Just because of their resume, right? That's like, if, if you're looking at their team right now, like they were 11-30. and 30 on the road during the season. And when you watch a game like last night, you get why they've tossed well, away so many games on the road. Exactly, because they should have won that. And I think the previous iteration of the Warriors, that the ones that we're fearing, mm-hmm. would have clearly won that. But they don't have a Sean Livingston anymore. They don't have an Andre Godala anymore. Like, I mean, Iguodala's well, still, still there. Well, they still got He's their Mo Bamba right now. <laughs> he's, he's podcasting mostly. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's tough, man. They don't even have most Spates. <laughs> I don't know why. You bringing up most spaces. Where's so Andrew Bogan? Man? Where's Leandro Barbosa? Andrew Bogan can be found on Twitter, man. Putting out I'm good certain on that, views. Actually. No, I've, I've actually um, I've actually muted him on Twitter. All right, when we come back, uh, we're gonna check if OG Ananobi made the All Defensive Team. Okay, and we'll talk about uh, other basketball things. All right, cool. We're gonna take a break. I've been your host Willu. You've been listening to the Raptors Show on the Sportsline Radio Network. Have you checked out BetRivers yet? Download the BetRivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about BetRivers sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with BetRivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19+. plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connext Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge discussing the biggest stories that matter to toronto sports fans the fan morning show with alish forfar and justin cuthbert subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts welcome back to the raptor show on the sports radio network i'm your host Wayne Lou. i'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. So as we mentioned before the break, we were going to check our phones to see if OJ Anobi did indeed get named to his first ever all-defensive team. And yes, he did. Second team. Um, so congratulations to OJ Anobi. The one award that I think the Raptors will be coming home with this season. I suppose Pascal was also all-star. Um, so technically two. But yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fitting honor for OG. I think it's something that uh, he's been at an all-defensive level for 
several seasons now. The big thing was him staying healthy first and foremost. He was able to do that for the most part this year. And I also think that, like, look, it's, you know, he he made it a little bit difficult for voters to ignore him this time around. Like, he, was, he led the league in steals, which obviously is one of those two main defensive categories people look at all the time, uh, along with blocks. And also, I think that, like, you know, he had some really prominent defensive moments against some key matchups, right? You looked at the end of the season. He was the one guarding Nikola Jokic. And, and there was that road trip that they won on, right? The Raptors won on this six-game road trip. And, you know, in Washington, he, he guarded Bradley Beal. And then in Denver, he guarded Nikola Jokic. And then in uh, L.A., when they played both the Clippers and the Lakers, he guarded Kawhi and Anthony Davis. You know, so it's just he's he's been at that level for a long time. So congratulations to OG. Yeah, wow. He guarded three uh, premium playoff performers there and Bradley Beal. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all better pray. Yeah, and, 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 and Ginobili. 2015, Bradley Beal did some things to Kyle Lowry really that did, I still though. can't forget about. Y'all better pray Bradley Beal doesn't solve OG next season. He's not um, going to. No, congrats to OG. I think, too, the good point that you mentioned, like leading the, the league in steals. Like we've known here that like you know og's been a you know terrific individual defender for for how many years now right and but i do think you know when you do have a statistic like that it makes it easier Mm. when you go to voting like this right for for someone like him to to make the list and listen man it wasn't a wasn't a great raptor season so it's good to get you know, an individual highlight like this. Yeah, you know, but his defense is one of the few good things to come out of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that this definitely adds another uh, log in the fire in terms of just like how much negotiating um, will that his agency will be able to have in this scenario. But uh, obviously that's a good problem to have. Like you want to be able to pay players who are at this level. So, you know, I think the focus now turns to what level he can reach offensively in addition to the high that he's established defensively. But uh no, congrats to OG. Like, there's not that many Raptors who have even made all defensive teams, by the way. Yeah, I don't have the list. It's, it's like him, front of me. Kawhi. Oh, right. Uh, sorry, in 2019, forgot. which was Ka- reputation. I'm sorry. I forgot man. Kawhi like, was here. Kawhi was not giving his all defensively. In Kawhi the played season. 50 games. No, it was like 60. It was 60. Right? Are you sure? Uh, I'm going to say it started with a five. Okay. Um, anyway, the, uh, the first team, all defensive, was Jaron Jackson Jr. The set. Brooke Lopez, Alex Caruso, Evan Mobley, Evan Generational Mobley, mm. and Drew retiring in two years holiday. Um, second team. A lot ben, of first round exits on that, in that list. <laughs> God damn. All first right. team, first round exits. Oh, brother. Um, wow. second, Definitely saw Evan Mobley's defense on display when he boxed out Mitchell Robinson uh, once in six games. Do you or think? Four or five games, sorry. You know, if, if Evan Mobley is really like, you know, a uh, stand up guy like a Tim Duncan because he's been compared to, you know, he should give the he should give his nomination to uh, Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Archdeen. Hey, man. I mean, Mitchell Robinson looks more like uh, David Robinson than uh, oh, Evan Mobley looked like Tim Duncan. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, second team, uh, Bam Adebayo, yep. OG, mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks, who will be signing a five-year deal with the Pistons this summer, um, Draymond Green, and Derek White. My second Derek, favorite Derek after Derek Again, Brendale. a lot of second team guys are still in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, obviously Dylan is the exception. But no, is OG? Actually, oh, no, no. The Raptors uh, no, famously but, I mean, flamed out in the play It's okay. It wasn't his fault. Although he really wasn't able to shut down Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan in that one. But listen, good offense is going to be great. Listen, the voting was in during the weekend. Yeah, you're right. Um, What was I going to say? It's just, yeah, I'm actually a little bit happy for Dylan because I think he needed like any positivity to happen. And he was good on defense this year. I feel like I don't need to like 
Like, yes. Uh, Dylan might be another this. guy where we're approaching getting way too far on the conversation on one side. Here's my magic tweet for this one. Okay. Dylan Brooks brings a lot more on the defensive side of the ball than I, on offense. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to say that about OG. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. No, OG, OG brings some stuff on offense, man. He's like one of our two shooters. Some. So, shouts. Congrats to OG. Uh, yes, congrats exactly. to Emma J. Brown. Uh, programming note. We're off. Uh, we're off air tomorrow. No podcast tomorrow because the Blue Jays are playing hmm. in the afternoon. But we will be returning on Thursday. What are you going to do with your day off? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe rewatch the two games that I'm watching tonight. I actually have to do uh, some stuff with my 2001 Honda Civic. Oh, we're... but I'll tell you off air. All right, cool. It's a tough day tomorrow. Um, shouts to um, shouts to our guy James who has been helping uh, Jennifer Rolnick and, and Derek behind the scenes helping mm. us. Um, sure, it's not Dave. I've been calling him Dave. Um, I literally called him Super Dave on air last week. So I apologize uh. <laughs> to, to James. James, I appreciate you. It's man. Okay, man. I appreciate you too, Dave. Wherever you are, um, Boston Will Lou. We were talking about Boston Will Lou yesterday. Sure. Um, so I believe we have, um, you know, for those of us watching visually, here is Boston Will Lou. Um, we yeah. will put this on social media and start the search to uh, unite Boston how, how Will How is this Lou taking that long? And actual Will Lou. No, nah, this is tough. Happy Asian hair. Like I said, month. he has a lot more facial hair. <laughs> this comparison on the screen is <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, I can't believe we're doing this on an Asian Heritage Month. <laughs> yeah, happy Asian Heritage Month. Is anybody going to write a profile of you for Asian Heritage Month? Uh, no, that, a, you, know, you know that's not how the media... You know how that the media economy doesn't work. As like a that. good, uh, you know, as a person who provides excellent Raptors coverage, wow, day in and day out. What about what about you, man? I don't need credit, man. Only credit I need is at TD Bank. Um. Anyways, next heat, game four. Mm. We're finally here. Listen, man. I officially, want to say on air that I'm converting to heat culture. It's happened again. <laughs> That's fair. That's I, every fair. year. I spend the whole year hating. Yeah. No, they look super mid in the regular season. Is a There's cult. No doubt. Like, stop making this up. It's just immigrant culture. Great. These guys work hard two-a-day practices. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I had Chinese school in, you know, Kumon on Saturdays. Like, what's the difference? Damn. Um, right. But then every year in the playoffs, they do this. Yeah. yeah every yeah. time I watch a Heat playoff game, I'm just so impressed by them. They're so well coached. Mm-hmm. You talk about the way that, like, the Warriors weren't able to execute in different oh, stretches. Man. And these guys just play such great basketball. It's not pretty. It's not pretty to watch. Yeah. But you talk about even a Raptors team that's talked about culture and like establishing these things and like winning possession battles, being the harder working team on the court. Like to me, like, you know, the heat is what they should aspire to. Like they they have these guys, yeah, they bring in these guys, they, right? Like well, it's like they have Jimmy Butler and we know what Jimmy Butler brings. He looks kind of injured right now. Uh, he, he's getting blown by defensively a lot, I feel like. Yeah, he doesn't look Archie well. Barrett's having some really, really easy drives to the basket against him. Yeah. But hey, Jimmy's also able to make plays offensively right. still. And on the occasion where he's able to jump the passing lane, he's always turning that into like dunks going the other way. So Yeah, and they've got, we've talked about, you know, all their undrafted guys. Yep. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. I believe you added up their salaries for me yesterday. They don't add up to Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> here's a, here's a little Otto Porter math. Because um, yeah. we all we just love talking about Otto. Uh, and there's nothing against them. But anyway, no, so he, he's making $6 million this season. Mm-hmm. And he's making 6.3 for next season. He's already picked up his player option. Mm. So to put those $6.3 million in comparison, um, Gabe Vincent makes $1.8 this year. Mm-hmm. Right? In the starting five for the Miami Heat. Who are on the brink of going back to the conference finals. Max yeah. Struess making $1.8. Also in the starting lineup, 
on the brink. How much is Kevin Love getting? Kevin Love is actually making the biannual uh, exception this year. The Heat actually saved it up until the buyout market specifically. So he's Bay on that team. So yeah, he's, he's bay. literally Bay, and yeah. uh, he's he's making three point one. Mm-hmm. That's you, Bay. You, you add all that up, the three of those guys who are all in the starting five are making six point seven total million dollars. Like that's that's what Ken Birch made this year. That's what Otto Porter made this year. That's why you can pay Kyle thirty million and Duncan Robinson ninety million <laughs> over even, five years or, to come or off even the Tyler bench. Hero, who you've essentially paid the max to, and he's yeah. not he's been injured, so he's not obviously contributing currently. But like that's what happens when you have player development. Like mm-hmm. that, and and that, this is the reward that you get. Of course, right? it's not just the fact that you're able to bring these players onto your roster, and essentially they, it costs them literally nothing to bring them mm-hmm. on your team. It still costs you nothing to have them on your team. These guys are all super productive players who may not always have it every single night, but, like, they consistently compete. And the fact that they got these three guys, three starters, for less than, like, yeah. what Kem or Otto is making or essentially the same is is just really, Once really again, good management man, on the on the Miami Heat. He culture immigrant culture, man. This is shopping. This is some Costco moves, man. <laughs> like this, this, yeah. They're buying they're buying starters in bulk, man. That's <laughs> but it's incredible. So no, these aren't even rotation players. They are starters. Yes. contributing. Yeah, in the playoffs and like even Kyle too. I I, I think Kyle Kyle has um really settled into a really good bench role for this team too, in in the playoffs. Sure, like I yeah, feel yeah. like he's been playing really well. Um, had the 15 points, five rebounds, four assists, and, you know, saw people just angry at, at all the Kyle, the usual Kyle things that he does, right? All the grifting and everything. Um, thought he's been great for them. What are you like, mad at? A man who wants to win? Like, get, listen, get, man, get one of those on your team, man. If this man going to draw a charge in the All-Star game, there's no stopping this, man. Um, all Kyle Lowry's here to do is win. Like, I actually, that's obviously why, everyone in Toronto already That's why him this. and Masai got along, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is, this is what Miami Heat fans are starting to, you know, wake up to the reality of it's like you didn't sign Kyle Lowry to come in here and be a star point guard for you. You came, you signed Kyle Lowry so that you can have these winning plays in mm-hmm. these key moments in the playoffs. And that's exactly what he's delivering. Like Kyle actually fits he culture perfectly. He's selfless. He makes all the plays. He's, he's willing to get a little bit dirty. If he needs to, he makes the extra hustle plays. Like you saw how many offensive rebounds he got last night in key moments. The Kyle Lowry is 37 years old. Yeah. Isn't Kyle Lowry like older than Al Horford? We make fun of Al Horford all the time. I don't know how old Al Horford is at this point. I think his age age froze at 32. Um, But yeah, man, the Heat. Okay, Al Horford's 36. So he's literally younger than Kyle Larry. Yeah. And Kyle is, you saw at the end of the game. Like, that's Mm -hmm. how the Heat won. It wasn't pretty. It was super ugly. It was just getting offensive rebounds. And that's against the Knicks team that's really good at rebounding. That's how they beat the, the Cavs. Like, the Heat are making the Knicks look like the Cavs from last round. Listen, brother, there's beauty in the struggle, man. I, I'm, no, I I'm watching it. these games. There's beauty in the struggle. They hit Did that. You, they hit that Seven Nation Army chant at the end. I'm like, yo, that's hard, man. No, that that was the least hard thing about the Heat. Man. <laughs> that's Please hard. Chant man. anything else, man. I'm in. And and you know, you know, Chris Quinn, the assistant coach, has been mentioned as as one of the 76 candidates that's interviewing I, I'm, for, I'm for the Raptors. I'm down for Heat culture, man. Uh, we're gonna try to get I'm, someone. I'm down for We're heat gonna try culture. to get a guest next week. Um, someone who's covered the Miami Heat to come in. Um, oh, we'll call them to to talk to him a little bit about Chris Quinn. Because are uh, we gonna get a Udonis as a lead assistant or something? Oh God! Because I think David Thorpe was cooking when he said that. Now, <laughs> damn. Um, uh, the Bear season two coming soon. Um, oh, speaking man. of cooking, um, no, it might Can't be. be we'll have a longer conversation way. about this next week. But uh, man, I'm I'm leaning towards bringing in a Heat culture disciple well, to I mean, Toronto. Listen, the the Heat are gonna be back to the conference finals. Um, I really don't see any way the Knicks like nah, I, if, if this you asked me previously, like can the Warriors make a three one comeback? This series is done. It's possible. I, I think I would actually even like to see it just based on the storylines. They itself. have bro- they have broken the Knicks. The Knicks they don't, man. They they, 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 they just them. look so 
The yeah. Heat have broken the spirit of the Bucks, got their coach fired, and now they've broken the Knicks. And look at their team. And they're and they're down guys too, man. Heroes out. Uh Oladipo's out. We didn't even Jimmy mention we didn't even mention Cody Zeller, you know, being a contributor oh, too. Man. Just Cody Zeller. What's he wearing the mask for? I don't know. He looks like he just came back from World War II. <laughs> Yo, like, straight into this the guy fire. really looks like Prince William, like a, like, a, so. like a seven foot Prince oh, William too. God. It's tough. Man. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm so glad not every series is Knicks Heat because I can definitely not do 30 minutes on this series. No, that's actually all we had. Sorry. That's I, I had all... some other game notes, but you don't need to see yeah. them. Uh, anyways, now it's time for Between the Lines. Mm. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Two games I'm watching tonight, skipping our Tuesday pickup run for the Boston Celtics, our seven and a half point favorites at home in game five against the Sixers. And the Denver Nuggets are six point favorites at home against the Phoenix Suns. Both series tied 2 2. What is your parlay picking these two games tonight? Man. First off, credit to you. You, you. I think you were right on the games yesterday, right? You picked the Lakers. I picked the Warriors. Yeah, but we're we just we're wrong like three out of five days. Okay, yeah. you didn't need to bring that up. On oh, this my segment. bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, Flip that out. Yeah. Man, that's okay. are these tough for you? I, I, I'm, You've been bleeding green the whole whole playoff. I guess I'll playoff. pick the Celtics again. Yeah, like, bleed what am green. I gonna do? Enjoy like, those Marcus Smart threes with uh, uh, two minutes left when the game is tied. I, I just feel like this game, if it gets to a close game again, I actually kind of like Philly more. Yep. Um, but I, I do think that the, the Celtics haven't what it takes. Like this could be a night where the Celtics make like, I don't know, 18 threes and, and they just have a comfortable like 15 point win. Game five, sometimes when it's 2-2, a lot of blowouts, man. Yeah. A lot of blowouts for the home team. So I'm going to go with that one. And then the other one is a little bit more tricky for me just because I need to see the Nuggets have some way to stopping Devin Booker. I was thinking about it, too, because I was like, well, we, we make this analysis and we're just like, well, we're just going to assume Devin Booker is going to score 40 points on like 80% shooting. But it's like, how long can you really like accept that for? Like, can you expect that? Can you bank on that? Because if he even drops slightly, if he shoots 50% from the field, like the Suns no, are this almost is, guaranteed to this lose. This is what I'm That's thinking kind too. Of absurd. This is what I'm thinking too. Like the Suns are running like a pretty high wire act in that they need those two guys to be performing at like historical levels. Yes. Right not just like regular Devin Booker, regular Kevin Durant levels. Like we need them to perform at like mm-hmm. literally Shaq and Kobe, like yeah. plus. So Nuggets minus m- Nuggets minus six. I think I'll take I think I'll take both home teams. I'll take the Nuggets. You're gonna take home teams. Okay. Um I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with you on Nuggets minus six. Celtics, Sixers. Um, I'm going to have to wait to see what James Harden's pregame fit is um, oh, okay. before making a call. That's, that's pretty good advice. If he's dressed like a TikTok girl, take the Celtics. Anything oh, wow. else, take the Sixers. He's going to buy Alex Wong's uh, new, <laughs> dirt, dirty new balance. We're off tomorrow. If he comes to the arena, dirty new balance. <laughs> we'll see you on Thursday. We have 20 more seconds. Yeah, well, I don't know why you're so early. Yeah. yeah. Who's well, your who's your all Jordan Poole team? Players who only provide offense. You know, I feel like by the way, in the other series, Duncan Robinson's also annoying me. I don't I mean <laughs> I, I understand it because he's more like there's more humility to the way he plays mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. the shots are more predictable. Yeah. He also just does nothing though. Uh, the, <laughs> he just runs around. The and does Caucasian three point specialist economy is down in the dumps right You're now. You're right. It's, it it's is tough. in the dumps. Also I started watching Succession. Oh, you pretty did. Pretty good. Pretty good. Also You said they're setting up Kendall Roy to be the hero. Just keep watching. Uh <laughs> They keep using the theme music. They, the usage for the theme music oh, in that show is generation. higher than Russell Westbrook at his prime. That's anyway, <laughs> that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks once again to producer and co-host Alex Warren, our board producer Derek Rendell, and Jennifer Olnick for helping behind the scenes. Leafs, please win tonight. <laughs>